0: Well, good morning, everyone. You're tuned to Community Radio 3CR. Time is, yes, would you believe it's 7.30? Uh, we have switched over. Daylight Saving has switched off. And uh, for those of you who uh, normally sleep in for the first half hour of the program, maybe you're up and awake and, and hearing us for a change. But uh, yes, we're here again, as usual, on a Sunday morning, 7.30, running right through until 9.15. So, uh, do stay with us. We've got uh, lots to talk about this morning, as usual. Uh, first up, I have to say a very good morning to Craig Wilson from Gentiana Nursery. Good morning, Craig. Good morning,
1: Pam. Morning, listeners. Nice
0: to catch up with you.
1: Yeah, that's right. First time for, for a the while. year. That's yes. right, yeah. Very happy to see autumn, very, very happy to see the end of Daylight Saving. Yes. I'm sick of sitting inside twiddling my thumbs waiting for it to get light.
0: Because <laughs> we all tend to get up early anyway, I don't know, I think, I think gardeners, gardeners do. But that's yes. right, yeah, it's the
1: best time of day in the garden, Yeah. Yep. crack of dawn.
0: And how did you fare with your garden? Because the, we had a very strange summer, didn't we?
1: Yeah, very strange.
0: It started with a bang, really hot, and we thought, oh, oh here right. we go. Yeah. Then it... it, it Turn mild but Fe- then we had February no rain. February was
1: April and yes. March was February. And the plants
0: didn't know where they were going or <laughs> what they were doing.
1: <laughs> Look I'm ruthless you now if things don't survive out. Okay. Stick in something that does. Okay. Yeah. It's another opportunity in your book. That's absolutely. Yep. Yeah. No, no more modely coddling. I you know, just don't have time. <laughs> yep. Fair enough. Yeah.
0: So is there any particular group of plants you found over this summer that have let you down?
1: No, I don't think so. I think I've pretty much got it sorted now. Well done. Yeah. I mean, a lot of the, 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 the perennials, like the phlox and the aster and things, look dreadful over the summer. And then as soon as the, the sort of first rains came and a bit of cool weather, they've picked up and they're yep. great. Yep. Yeah. Excellent. Yeah. Okay. No, look, I think that the, the main thing is, is um, you know, six inches of mulch and good deep planting. Yes. And yeah.
0: hopefully, they say that this month we're going to get a a fair bit of rain, so I'm really hoping they're right.
1: Yes, well, it's, it's planting season now. It certainly is. Planting season and moving season. Yep. You know, e- even deciduous shrubs, I move them all now. Good o Yeah, get them all settled in. Yep, mm. fair enough.
0: Okay, we also have to say a very good morning to Virginia. Hey, good morning, Virginia.
1: I'm quite with
2: Craig. It's absolutely wonderful to see the end of summer. <laughs> I've got some friends who've been over from England and um, it rained. And I said, oh, it's raining. And she just looked at me horrified <laughs> and said, well, you certainly aren't a Londoner anymore. <laughs> and it's true. It just completely refocuses your yeah, yes. yeah. you. you gardening here. Yes. You cannot manage with that summer. It's mm. just awful. And February, my hated month, whichever country I'm in, I just hate February. I hate the heat here and I hate the dark in, in London. But... Um, my garden, I think, has survived remarkably well Well, you year. you
0: would have found it a bit easier this year as
2: well. Yeah. I only need the tiniest bit of rain to get me through. Right.
1: Yeah. It must be settling in now too. I mean, yes. Yes, been there that's for right. A while. Yes, it's ten years my garden that's now, right. and it makes yeah. a lot of difference because right.
2: things have got their roots down. Yeah. Also, Craig, I'm doing the same as you. You're not performing. It's year after year. I can't just water you all summer with a bucket. Mm. Yeah. You know, you're out. And I'll I'm fire. on completely on tank water. Yep. Yeah. So if there's no rain, I get to the point of having to buy it in. Well, who wants to do that? You know, yep. it's hopeless. Mm. But my canners. Do you grow canners?
1: Oh, sort of.
2: Because my canners <laughs> <laughs> are just a failure. They need water. That's. But, you know, I mean, they've got them. They, they're they always telling you that they'll do well in dry, that you can grow them in a rain garden
0: where there's no water for the yeah. whole of summer. Well, they've got the collection of them up in, in Bendigo, yes.
1: And they don't water them?
0: Well, they must give they them must. some water, yeah. but I, I would have thought they would again um, be having to be frugal with their water in yeah. the gardens, and um, they, they're, they're holding the collections. So. But that's, that's what Stephen said to me. Yeah, water. dig them up, put
2: them in pots, and then like, sit the pot in water for summer. Yeah. yeah cause I, so I'm moving them down what around the dam. What about
1: fertilizer? I, mean, I, I I'm not really that familiar with growing them, but they look like they'd be hungry plants to me, those yes. big soft leaves. Mm. Well,
2: I just find they don't get up. They hang around around my ankles. That's I don't water. want canners around my ankles. Yeah, that's water. <laughs> mm. Yes, okay, so All now it's time to start them moving.
1: Chuck out and plant gingers.
2: No. <laughs>
0: <laughs> i plant that blue ginger and it won't live. Yeah. <laughs> I grew canners in, in Devonport in Tassie, but of course there I didn't have to worry about the water and I never needed to feed them and they, they went right up and yes. they were great. I just They were in a corner of the garden that I just never went into and, and yeah. they worked, but... Um, I wouldn't try to grow them over here. Yeah. 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 No, well I'm going to
2: I'm putting them I'm I'm going to start I started moving them yesterday. I moved I've got one really, really unusual one. Really soft. It's a soft pink with a really soft coloured leaf, purpley leaf. It's beautiful. So it's gone down into the dam. Yeah. I'm going to put
0: them around the dam. Okay. Yep, good. Mm. O- they'd, they'd like that situation, actually. Yeah. Get their feet into... But into the ones at
2: the botanic gardens are absolutely spectacular, although the, the gardeners aren't happy with them, I have to say, but I can't say it. I think they look fabulous. Okay. Um, and they're in a bed where it's a, it's a rain garden, yeah. But which means that most of the summer it gets out. Mm. But they look good. Okay. But anyway, they're better gardeners than us. Well, <laughs> you, a lot
1: might depend on the variety too. I'm sure there's a big, big variation in hardiness yes. between the different hybrids. Oh, I'm sure there is. Yeah, that's usually the case. Yes,
2: yeah. yes I think but, you're right there. But I think what they want also is summer water.
1: Yeah.
0: And I can
2: give them winter water. Well, big deal. Yeah,
0: (laughs) okay. (laughs) We now have to say a very good morning to Chloe Foster, and Chloe's joining the team for the first time this morning. Good morning, Chloe. Good morning,
3: Pam. Good morning, everyone.
0: Now, listeners won't know of you, Chloe, so Mm. perhaps you can give us a bit of your background. Now, I know you've got a degree in botany.
3: Yes, that's true, and I've been uh, volunteering down at the Royal Botanic Gardens at Cranbourne for quite a few years now, and involved with the Friends of Cranbourne down there, and just started a new job at Melbourne Zoo recently, so... Still going well. Lots of gardening, lots of plants. It's fantastic. <laughs> and you've also had
0: uh, a bit of experience in some of the nurseries.
3: Yeah, a bit of wholesale and retail, so get to see both sides of it and mm-hmm. growing them and and selling them and helping people with their gardens. It's all fun. It's all fun and games. <laughs> <laughs>
0: what did you actually major in in botany? Uh,
3: Normal botany and geology as well, so. Oh, okay. Yeah, a little bit of soils and rocks and all okay, that. Okay, so yeah. we can
0: talk to you when we have soil problems. <laughs> yeah,
3: we'll give it a go. We'll work something out.
0: Yeah, okay. Yeah. And, and as you said, you're involved with the the friends down at Cranbourne. Yeah, we've always got something going on. There's, oh,
3: They're very active they now. They are very active. It's a fantastic bunch of members and they they love getting involved with the gardens and they love going out and doing things and... It's it's a really good bunch of people. Mm. Yeah. stuff included. Yeah,
0: excellent. Does that mean that you're also involved with the um, the big workshop that's uh, coming up later in the year? Yeah,
3: yeah. We've got a few workshops on the run. The next one is the fungi workshop in June, in early June. So, oh, okay. Um, dedicated to fungi, which you know. They get a little bit neglected sometimes. Oh, and no, we love them. Yeah, <laughs> yeah they are great. They're so Very important topic. Yeah, yeah they yeah. are. They're very yeah. important, and I think a lot of people forget about them. Yes. When you're eating mushrooms, maybe. Okay.
0: <laughs> Do you happen to know any of the speakers that are coming along? Um. Yeah, we've got... Uh, let me
3: find out. I've got a list somewhere. I've uh, got Nushka Ryter, who's an orchid conservationist. Yes. And botanist, and she works at the Botanic Gardens down at Cranbourne, and Dr. Tom May as well.
0: I thought... I thought Dr May might be involved. Yeah, no, he's he's graciously said yes. So wonderful, very lucky to have him come in. Um He works, I think, still at, is he still at the Herbarium yes, at Melbourne? He is. Yes, yep. yes, yep. yeah, fantastic, and yeah. he is the considered one of the fungi experts.
3: Yeah, he is. We're very lucky that he said yes. So it's it's shaping up to be a really good day. We've got um, Jeff Lay from the Field Nats as well. Okay, and um, Dr Simone Lohoff as well. Excellent. So, and maybe a couple of others we'll see. Okay. And
0: yeah. what
3: was the date of that again? It's Sunday, the 4th, Saturday, the 4th of June from 9.30 till 4. So it's a full day workshop. Right. And we'll have some talks and then I think we'll go for a walk in the Australian Garden or out, out in the bushland at Cranbourne. Yes. And, um, yeah, it'll be a really fantastic day. Everyone's welcome. So you don't have to be a member to come. Um but it'd be just be good to see everyone there. We had a very successful workshop uh, back in February on grasses. Mm-hmm. Uh, we had a lot of speakers that day, and in there fact, was that was so people out, we booked it twice. Out. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Well, some people suggested that maybe we should uh, should run it in February next year as well. But we'll see what happens. Yes. Okay. Yeah. We've Excellent. Got, we've got our activities planning day in, in a couple of months' time, so we might. We might slot it in again, but we'll see what else comes up, what other ideas come up. Okay. With
2: with mushrooms, Mm -hmm. we've got death caps out in the botanic gardens. And last time I was doing a walk, I'm wandering around with a number of people from overseas describing this and that, and Mm -hmm. then I see these people under an oak tree collecting mushrooms. Oh, Oh, no. And I thought, oh, dear. (laughs) And I went down and said, you shouldn't do that. And they said, oh, you know, it doesn't matter. It's just a few. And I said, yes, but you'll only eat them once. (laughs) What did
0: they do with them? I said, what do you mean?
2: I said, they're extremely poisonous. They might look like ordinary mushrooms, but they're they're extremely poisonous. Yeah, you you do, be, <laughs> <laughs> you do need to be.
3: You do need to be well versed when you're out in the bush picking mushrooms because oh, right. it's just it is a risky it's terribly oh, very, very risky.
1: Yeah. Have you seen that the Tasmanian fungi Facebook group? No, I oh, haven't. It's fantastic. Is it? And there's some amazing photographers. Oh, right. Yeah. Oh, I'll have to check that out. Yeah. Yeah, and yeah. Uh, they're really active. Yeah. Yeah. They're constantly fantastic. posting. Yeah.
2: Fantastic. Yeah. Facebook has turned into a wonderful place It for is.
1: Yeah, it's, it's a great amazing. place. Yeah. yeah. Absolutely. The Field yeah. Nats have a good group and
2: yeah. Indigenous
3: Flora of Melbourne is a fantastic yeah. one as well. And you can really connect with people. You know, mm. share stories and, and you know, there's a lot of fantastic blogs out there as well that's that people right. write and you can yeah. share them and, and just sort of get the conversation going. And huh?
1: and meeting breeders, plant breeders in Europe and in North America and being able to chat to them and get advice and information. It's yep. it's fantastic. And that's yeah. the other thing, isn't it?
2: That people are so I mean, I'm I put stuff up all the time. What's this? You know, and they and people come back and they talk to you and you and then somebody else comes back and you just get all these answers. And people in the answers are talking to each other about the plants, so yeah. you just get such a yeah. wealth of information. Yeah. Mm. It's fabulous, and not to mention the photos as well.
3: People put up a really nice photo or something that's in flower, and you're like, "Oh, that is fantastic!" Yes. <laughs> <Yeah>.
2: <laughs> and some of those ones that come from the stands, we get the most amazing photos sometimes, don't we, Craig? And they're from this, you know, Uzbekistan or somewhere ah, like that. Like yes.
1: Kyrgyzstan. Yeah. yeah. Yes. And uh, you know,
2: amazing crocuses and yeah. just fabulous things. Yep. Yeah. It's exciting. It is exciting.
0: Okay, I need to get to a few community announcements. Uh, We still have quite a few uh, things on, so uh, if you're at a loose end today or next week, uh, then you might get some ideas. Firstly, of course, it's the first Sunday in the month. That means Villa Alba is open to the public 1 o'clock through to 4 o'clock this afternoon. Uh, It's the Historic House and the RJ Hamer Heritage Garden. Admission is $10, concession $8, children are free. Afternoon tea is available with a $3 donation. Villa Alba is at 44 Walmart Street in Kew. Melway's reference there is 44 H6. And they've got their next concert in the garden coming up on Sunday 17th of April, 3 till 5.30. And Jazz Australia is presenting the John Hunt Swing Quartet, in a tribute to Sidney Bechet. Uh, Contact details for that if you'd like to find out more. Um, You can phone Diana, and her number is 52583936. But that concert will be taking place in the garden out at Villa Alba on Sunday, 17th of April. Now, coming up next weekend, uh, the Rose Society of Victoria is presenting the Autumn Rose Spectacular at Garden World Nursery. Now, this is at 810 Springvale Road in Brayside there. It's on both Saturday the 9th and Sunday the 10th of April, 10 till 4 o'clock on both days. There'll be hundreds of beautiful perfumed roses on display, free advice on all aspects of rose growing from the experts, and admission to that is free. Now, also coming up next Sunday is a public meeting it's hosted by the Australian Plant Society Wilson Park Berwick Group and this is all about saving the helmeted honey eater from extinction. Uh, it will be at 2 o'clock next Sunday at the Beaconsfield Community Centre. That's in O'Neill Road in Beaconsfield. Melway's reference there is, uh, 21, is no, 214A slash B1. And speaker will be Bob Anderson, who's president of the Friends of the Helmeted Honey Eater. Now, uh, of course, Stephen has mentioned, and we'll give this one last mention, because next Sunday uh, he has his garden soiree happening at Tagurim in his garden. Uh, Tagurim, of course, is at Eight Centenary Avenue in Macedon with parking in Marshall Avenue. Now, this is, um, this is opera in the garden, along with wine and canapes, $55 per person. Uh, now, to go to that, you do need to book, of course, because they have to cater for this. Um, it's online bookings only. You go to www.gertrudeopera.com.au. So that's gertrudeopera.com.au. But if you'd like to make some more inquiries about that, The number there is 94299006. Now, uh, there is a workshop being run um, by Open Gardens Victoria. Now, I don't know if they're fully booked out for this yet or not, but it is a workshop taking place on Monday the 11th of April, uh, running from 9.30am through to 3.30pm. And it's uh, going to be held at Frogmore, and the workshop is all about uh, composing, uh, the Well-Composed Garden Workshop is the title of it. Um, and it's part of uh, Frogmore's Open Garden Season and in conjunction with Open Gardens Victoria. So uh, there's a list of speakers and uh, they're running a full program from, for the day, uh, all about, uh, about uh, how to uh, set up really good design in your garden uh, looking at uh, plants, uh, placement, and all the other things that go into really good uh, good garden. Uh, now, the speakers are Michael McCoy, who I'm sure most of our listeners have heard about, Kathy Newing, um, who's also another great garden designer, and Jack Marshall. And it's all about elevating the garden out of the ordinary and talking about design, plants, and maintenance. Now, um, the cost for the one-day workshop is $95. Now, that includes lunch um, and, of course, it includes morning tea as well and afternoon tea at the conclusion. Uh, The address is 1560 Greendale-Trentham Forest Road in Newbury in Victoria. Now, the only way to book is to go Online to the Open Gardens Victoria website, and if you can email at info at opengardensvictoria.org.au, or you can go to their website, which is www.opengardensvictoria.org.au, and you'll find that uh, booking there online for that workshop.
2: Frogmores is a really beautiful garden at this time of year. It's fabulous.
1: It's planted for autumn, is it? Yes, it is. Yeah. Uh, he
2: only opens in autumn. He yeah. won't. I don't know why he doesn't open in spring because I think it looks lovely in spring. But yeah. it is a beautiful garden.
0: Okay. Uh, the growing friends um, of uh, Royal Botanic Gardens in Melbourne have got their uh, their autumn plant sale coming up, and you'll hear about more of this next weekend. But this is taking place on Saturday the 16th of April and Sunday the 17th of April. Now, this is always incredibly popular. They have a huge range of plants that the growing friends um, cultivate and pop up, uh, especially for these two major plant sales they have during the year. All proceeds and go back into the gardens. Now, Saturday the 16th, 10 till 4 p.m., Sunday the 17th, 10 till 3pm and it's inside Gate E at the Royal Botanic Gardens in Melbourne. Uh, Melway's map reference there is 2LC2 and as I say, we'll talk about that uh, next week but you can uh, get the catalogue online one week before the sale at rbgfriendsmelbourne.org. Just a couple more that I should uh, quickly mention. And uh, these are two gardens that are opening, 16th and 17th of April, and they're both um, gardens that have been designed by Paul Bangay. Now, firstly, his garden at Stonefields is open uh, on both days, 16th and 17th, 10 a.m. through to 4 p.m. The address of that is 20 Belty Drive in Denver, and also, as well, the... uh, Enchanted Gardens of St Ambrose, which is the old schoolhouse in Woodend, will open its gates as well. And this is opening for the first time in over a decade. And again, uh, the garden was designed by Paul Bangay. This was his former residence. So it gives you a chance to look at two different gardens designed by Paul on the same day, which is, uh, which is a wonderful opportunity. So again, that's opening uh, 16th and 17th of April. And this one's open 9 till 4 on both days, admission for that is $20 payable at the gate. And the address of that is 7 Wood Street in Wood End. All right. Well, it's high time we invited our listeners to join us this morning. We'd love to hear from you. If you have a gardening question, do give us a call. That number is 94190155, 94190155. Uh Virginia, first up, you went up to... Um, Tesla's paint sale.
2: Yes, I dropped in yesterday. I thought, oh, I must go, and so I can tell people what it's like. This morning, it is really quite extraordinary. I don't. I mean, I got there what I thought was early. The, the car park was jam packed already. I can imagine there was. Yeah. Uh, they just pull in so many people. But then again, it has a, fan, a fantastic collection of stalls. Mm. You know, there's just. Oh. You're not there, Craig. I'm at home. Exactly. Yeah, just up the road. Yeah, <laughs> up the road. <laughs> but it's it's
1: um. Saturday morning is, of course, when the collectors go. Yes. To get everything, all the good things. Yes. So mm. Saturday morning would traditionally be the bu- a busy time. It was
2: well busy. Yeah. And and it's it's lovely. I mean, there's there's so much there, and there's people there that you don't see anywhere else except maybe at Jindavik, which is in a couple of weekends, or you know, there's only a few places where you get that collection of people because. Mm. You don't get them all at Mythcus um, because it's too expensive, I presume. That's right. right. Yes. You know Mythcus tends to have the bigger ones. Yes. But um, you know, Druids was there. Um, uh, Diana and Graham were there. When I walked past the where they have the um, the to- speakers, there's Stephen. Hosting and there's Graham talking and I thought oh there's the 3CR crowd you know <laughs> wave to them yeah so they have a whole series of, of guest speakers yes, on yes. both days and and right next to that is one of my favourite little nurseries which is a wholesaler near me run by two English women and they've got the most wonderful salvias I never see them anywhere else there's a number of local wholesalers who go there because it's not very far for them to go yes so you can really buy some nifty things mm. there and you can just see see things that are, are available that you you know you don't the salvia society's got a really big stall there so there's just you know there's thousands of salvias there that always makes me happy you know so it was it was great i re and i would say that it's um well worth going you you it's interesting there's lots of people i think it'd be impossible to go and not see somebody you know yes now, some people hate that, but I love that. It's <laughs> not so
0: wandering around saying, hi, how are you? <laughs> and so if you're planning a, a visit up to there today, they can then go on to your nursery, can't they, Craig? That's right, yeah. Just up the road. Just yes. up the road, You better yeah. give the address
1: again it's of the nursery. 138 Alinda-Mombok Road in Alinda. And Craig's,
2: yeah. I have to say, is a place I take people who want something that's a bit unusual because Craig does have unusual plants. Because I am past the stage where I'll go to a lot of nurseries. I just think, oh yes, here we go, plants plus again, all the same stuff. Yeah, they yeah. All are the same things. Yeah, that's yeah. I- and yours isn't like that. And I and, and that's what I and that's why I love the when you get Jindavik or you get Teslas or any of those good sales. Yep because you do get things that are different. That's right. Mm-hmm. Greg's not there. That's a disappointment. Yep. But I think it's probably quite a long way. But as I said, Diana and Graham are there, and people were buying roses at a rate of knots yesterday. I can imagine. Yeah, yes. Yeah.
0: Excellent. Yes. And there's, you
2: know, Di's Delightful Plants is there with the leftover chilies from the chilli festival. All right. <laughs> and, and they always have lots of fairly small stuff that's quite cheap. Yes. And, of course, Teslas has got all sorts of specials on their bulbs, which is fabulous. You can buy – and Druids. You can buy great big bags full of daffodils. So – and begonias. I mean, I never look at begonias. I'm not interested in begonias. I had a lot of fun at the begonia store. You know, it just – it makes you – as long as you give yourself a bit of time and you can just mosey around you never condemn a
1: whole genus (laughs) exactly
2: (laughs) (laughs) and antique perennials you see them so rarely misty downs they were all there it was just lovely so I had fun Mm. and I bought things and the other thing I did this week is I went to Geelong Botanic Gardens which I haven't done forever and I'd forgotten how wonderful it is I mean compared to Melbourne it's quite small but it's still big it still takes you a while to get around and it is just lovely. It is one of the better regional botanic gardens. I thought they're, it was fantastic. I so enjoyed it, and and you know there was I mean autumn's such a good time because there's so much in flower. Mm-hmm. So there was lots to look at. There's all those sort of late flowering salvias are out, and there was one there that I just fell in love with. I had no idea what it was, so I asked the friends. They told me it was a justicia. So on the way back I thought aha. I'll go to there's in Lara just out of Geelong. There's a wonderful nursery. It's actually there's on Lyle. Lyle, yes, yeah. yes. Yeah. And so I thought oh, I'll go in there, and I, and he was there. And I said, Lyle, you know, there's a red justice here. I've never seen a red justice here. And he said, No, there's not. And I said, Well, they've got it in the Botanic Gardens, and here's the photo. And he said, Oh, that's over there. Yes, yeah, I've got that. And oh, hang on, I've got the name here on this plant. I brought it in. It is Thursacanthus. And I bought it for the princely sum of nine dollars, and it's it's beautiful. It stands it stands and falls. It's not terribly upright, but stands and falls to about eight foot maybe. Oh, wow! And it has lots and lots of red flowers, and it was in very shady spots. And I thought, which I don't have, so why the hell I bought it? I don't know.
1: And dry? Or mm? Dry? Do they water? Or?
2: Well, well, Geelong has just discovered water. Okay. so they seem to be watering everything mm. but historically they have had no water yep. so they haven't so, and it's, these were not young plants so I presume they've been there for years and, mm. and um, I, so I bought it and thought well I'll look it up when I got home nothing yep. I, I could find its name it's, mm. it's, it's known as fire spike it's another it's Canthacy, which you can tell from the name, really. It's it's um South American, which you could guess by looking at it. It's autumn blooming, and frost tender, which you could also tell. So you yeah. can't grow it, Craig.
1: No, that's that's absolutely wrong.
2: Oh well, you could. Oh, of course it's because it's, uh, it's, it's shade. It gets us. Oh, is frost it? is
1: non-issue. Right. Yeah, hardly well, get it.
2: Wet. Imagine losing things because of wet. Oh. Imagine. <laughs> <laughs> I used to do that in England. I'd lose things because yeah. of wet.
3: <laughs> what a joke in Melbourne that might be. <laughs>
2: but it's absolutely beautiful, but I could find nothing on, on Wikipedia anywhere. So I, it is still a mystery, but today I'm going to go deep into my books and see if I can find it. But I thought it was lovely. And okay. go to Geelong Botanic yeah, Gardens. It's fantastic. It's absolutely yep. lovely. People tend to drive past it. I do, because I usually have the cat in the back. Yeah, sort of hidden
3: off the main road and it's, driving But through it's through also the in such a
2: beautiful position. You oh, stand it is. at the entrance you just look out over the bay. It's, and you can see the yu-yangs. And
0: it's wonderful. And the friends group usually have free guided tours there. A couple um, of days a week. Yeah, Not like us and do every day. No, no. A couple, but yeah. yes. Um, and, great and way to really appreciate the garden.
2: I think having a I When I went to Kirstenbosch in Cape Town, which is one of the best botanic gardens in the world, Having a guide just made such a difference. Mm. Yes. I think if you can get a guide, it really helps. Yes. Yeah. They, they point out things that you, that just you might not
3: have missed. The yes, design exactly. aspects of the garden and, exactly you know, why but that plant's there and why. Mm. Exactly.
0: Yep. Yeah. Okay. Uh, we've had a listener on the outside line. Firstly, um, Kerry has rung in uh, about two things. Firstly, canners. Hers are thriving on no water at all, but they're in very light conditions and no direct sunlight. Mm. Maybe it's the lack of say. sunlight No yep. Yep. And, and again we don't know what variety That's right And I think that could make a huge difference yep. It's yep. my
1: experience with most plants Yep, yep.
0: Uh, Now the other thing she said Is that uh, Oh it's it's purple leaf with an orange flower I know well, the that's one It's yes. um, yes. that's
1: that's um, named after an American state Wyoming Yes. yes. And yeah. it's very hardy it's very that strong. one Yes. Yeah. yes. It's a very strong one yeah. Yeah.
0: There you
2: go I've got it. All right. All right, it
0: gets up to my knees. <laughs> oh dear! Now the other thing is that she's got zucchini planted in a pot. The fruit are rotting off when they're approximately three inches long.
2: How zucchini survive in a pot? I can't imagine.
1: It's a big strong plant. It's, it's, a very, plant. It's, it's a very big strong
0: plant. Very so big, plant. So it could be lack of feed. It could have been. I, I mean, maybe they haven't even been um, been properly pollinated. Um, Although you wouldn't even get them to, you wouldn't even get them to fruiting no, at all, would you? No. But,
2: um, yes. I would. I personally, I would have thought growing a zucchini in a pot was really challenging it because it has quite a lot of root.
1: I would guess water or food.
0: I would guess water or food too. Yes. Hmm. In other words, none of us really know, but that's what we're guessing. Right. Yeah, but it, I would definitely not try and grow them in a pot in future. They'd be much better off no. in the ground. You yeah. can
2: no. grow eggplants, for example, in a pot. Big pot. But I think you know, pumpkins, zucchinis, those real scramblers that yes. cover half half your garden. That's right. I think they need more. Yep, that's right. And they're they're strong feeders, so mm. they they really need the the and and they do need water to form fruit. Although rotting off is an interesting one. It sounds like blossom end rot, which is actually well, that's what I was
0: thinking. It sounds like blossom end rot, but... and that's a mineral, isn't it? Yes, it is. Which in a way is food. Well, yeah, again, it's a food deficiency. Mm so um yeah i'd, I'd try I, th- I think it she'd find it a lot easier to put it um directly in the ground, and of course, the weather's turning cold now anyway they they're going to um not survive for much longer they're going to get powdery mildew on them because they're very prone to that mm. so i'd be, I'd be ripping it out to be quite honest and and starting again next year in the ground somewhere if she can find yep. some space, yeah, okay. Uh, that number, if you'd like to join us this morning, we'd love to hear from you, 94190155. That's 94190155. Chloe, you've brought in a plant this morning. I have brought in a little plant. It's in, in front of my letterbox at home, and
3: it has been there and survived on neglect for many years now. Okay. It is Correa Pulchella Autumn Blaze, and it's got a stunningly bright orange flower as soon as autumn hits even towards the end of February the buds are there they're ready to go and first of March and the whole thing is just uh, a in flower it's yep. absolutely beautiful um, it's yeah as I said it's thrived on neglect I haven't pruned it that much although the last last year I did prune it just to sort of it was getting a little bit straggly but um, it, it's just done so well it's in a really harsh spot um, facing west against a, you know, a brick letterbox, box. It gets really hot and really dry, and it, it just And it lots just of thrives. sun. Lots of sun, yeah, lots of sun. Because the it, birds look. come to it?
1: They do, yeah. Yep. Birds love it. Yep.
3: It's down a little bit, you know, it's a little bit lower, and there's not much around
2: it, but yep. you, you still see a couple of birds every now and then. Mm. Mm. I've got it, and it's the only courier that I've got, I've put it all through the garden because <laughs> the rabbits haven't eaten it. Ah,
3: that's it, it, fantastic. All my
2: other couriers have eaten by yep. the rabbits when they're small, but that really? one has there survived. There you go. Yeah. Okay. okay. And, okay. You, and rabbits and me. There's,
3: there's a lot. You know, it's hard to find plants that that rabbits won't eat. So that's that's fantastic. Yes.
2: Well, I got I got it from Sue originally, and and I've just I propped it on, and or she's propped it on, and I've got it all through the garden because the rabbits have just left it alone, mm. and it's a, it's. It's orange, but it's a very soft orange. You can yep. get soft orange and hard orange, and I've got some other orange that I got from Craig, and the two of them together just look fabulous. Mm.
1: Mm. I mean, I find with the rabbits, you know, I, I battle with them in a couple of gardens where I work, and we just something like that. We just fence it for the yeah. first yeah. twelve, get 12 it established. Yeah, yep. once they're up and away, that's fine. Yep, just just a little bit of chicken wire and some steaks. Yeah, yep. in my you
2: gardens, know. and the other thing I do is cut the bottom off the pots. Yeah. So people walk through my garden and think it's full of pots, but it's full of <laughs> bottomless pots. <Yeah. laughs> I tell you something: the rabbits adore every single as- single aster I've ever
1: planted. Yeah, it doesn't
0: surprise me. Mm. Oh, nice and juicy plants. Mm, yeah. Love yeah. asters. Mm. <laughs> um, we've had a query uh, from a listener. And I should I should mention this. Um, I've received a few emails too about it. Um, people have been querying whether the show is still podcast. Yes, it is, but we've, been, we've had a change of volunteer who's been putting the podcast up and they're not going up until very late um, in the week, which means that previously they used to go up nice and promptly every Monday morning. They're now not going up till Wednesday or Thursday of the, uh, the week following the Sunday show. So, but the podcasts are up there. So if you go online to 3cr.org.au forward slash podcasts and you just go down, scroll down to the Gardening Show podcast, you should get the last uh, four weeks uh, of programs there to, uh, to have a listen to if you can't catch us live. I used to, when I, last year when I was in
2: London, I have a, an app called... Tune in radio on my phone, and I used to listen to you all lying in bed at night in London mm. th- on Tune In Radio. Yeah, so that's it yep. great app. It's great yep. Tune in. It's a you great get app. Yeah, and you can do and, and it'll do give it to you live. Like I have trouble sometimes when I, in the country picking picking us up, and so I'll just go through Tune In Radio, and it always picks it mm. up. Mm.
0: Well, when I, when I was away last weekend, um, we, we can't uh, get reception of 3CR down, down in Lawn, but I was able to uh, just stream it live on my little laptop and, and listen to the program. So, um, so that's another way of listening to it. And I know we have a lot of interstate people who mm. actually uh, listen. Um, I know Celeste up in the Blue Mountains listens to us streaming live. Um, hello, Celeste. <laughs> and... Uh, and uh, so that's another way you can pick us up. But, yeah, the podcasts are happening. And, in fact, um, there's a couple of us going to uh, take over um, uploading those podcasts. So in, in a couple of weeks, they should come up nice and promptly again. Or oh, Pam, AB and I are going to do this. Or they won't come up at all <laughs> until we get on top of it. <laughs> yeah, so we're, we're rectifying the matter. But they are there if, if you're patient at the moment. Okay. As I said, that number, if you'd like to join us this morning, we'd love to hear from you, 94190155. Craig, you've brought in a whole tray of all sorts of goodies.
1: Yeah, it's such a lovely time of year.
0: And, and it looks like your garden's sort of turning into autumn colouring a bit.
1: Well, I was selective. <laughs> <laughs> it's a little bit early. The first thing I brought in, which is fantastic, is it's an epimedium, um, it's um, Versicolor variety neosulfurum, so it's lovely soft yellow, which is one of my favourite colours. But, but what it also does is gives you some nice autumn colour and winter colour, which people don't actually think about so much with Epimedium. Mm-hmm. Um, but in order for that to happen, it needs to get a bit of sun. Probably This one probably gets two hours in the morning. Okay.
0: Yep, but that's enough to colour it up? It's
1: enough to colour it up. Yep. If, if it's in total shade, they'll just stay green. Okay. Um, Versicolor is one of the more common ones And, and the variety Neosulfurum as well um, For good reason It's a good strong plant And probably one of the good ones to grow in Melbourne Okay yeah.
0: Now I know you're quite quite partial to epimediums so You've yeah, got quite a few different ones in the garden
1: Yeah look I'm not a fanatic I've got about 30 probably <laughs> <laughs> no, no 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 Not no, a fanatic no. Fanatical is 200 <laughs> Oh really <laughs> Yeah <laughs>
0: Well, I think 30 doing very well, actually.
2: Yeah. <laughs> I'd call that a collection.
0: <laughs>
1: no, it's, there are a lot of them. and there are okay. l- A lot of breeders, and again, a fantastic Facebook group for ever mediums. Right. Very active. Yes. From the United States and France. The French breed them a lot.
0: Okay. Yeah. And, and you've, you've found that they, they suit well to your conditions?
1: Absolutely. And, yep. and, and, and look, if you pick your varieties in Melbourne as well, The the oriental ones or the Asian ones are not good for Melbourne. They like a cooler climate, but the European ones, if you're prepared to look after them a bit, would go very well. Excellent. Yeah.
2: Okay. They like quite a rich soil, do they not?
1: Yeah, good soil and shade, Mm. plenty of mulch, Mm. as everything does. Mm. Do
3: they all vary in, in height? Size and about yeah, the same growing kind.
1: 25, 30 centimetres thereabouts. This is the odd one that'll get up a bit bigger. Okay, a yeah. nice little plant. Yeah, they are. They're great. And once they're established, they're quite tough. Mm. You know, I've got them growing right up against tree trunks, which, you know, even in the Linda is. And that's that's pushing the ask. boundaries. That's yes. right. Yeah. Okay. Yeah.
0: Wonderful. Okay, what else have you got there, Craig? Um,
1: I wanted to talk a little bit about Cyclamen persicum. Which is the parent of all the, the florist cyclamen. Okay. Um, and really largely overlooked by cyclamen breeders because they sort of turn their nose up at...
2: Anything that ends anything up in the shops. Anything that
1: ends up commercial, yeah. Yes. Um, and look, it's a pity because it's a fantastic plant, well suited to Melbourne because it's southern Mediterranean, Middle Eastern, North African. Right. I, I actually grow mine in the polytunnel to keep them dry and don't water them at all over the summer, Yep. Um, over the winter time occasionally, but not often. Okay. So they really do like very dry conditions. I can't grow it in the garden where I am. Yes. Because it just rots out. I could though, couldn't I? Yes, I think you could. I should try them. You see photographs of them in Israel and places like that in the most inhospitable positions Mm. in rock walls and I saw one the other day growing right up against the trunk of an olive. In an olive grove. Wow. Yep.
0: So are these ones that are suited to planting en masse, to getting a, a drift going? Absolutely, yes. yeah.
1: If 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 you were prepared to I mean they're they're not freely available, but if you're prepared to buy or find one and collect the seed, they're dead easy from seed. Okay. And if you want to plant a drift.
2: And I presume you sell them?
1: Yes. Hmm. Starting to.
2: Right, yeah. I'll, I'll come and buy some because um, I, I would like some under my gum trees. And
1: they're really completely different in appearances to the, the florist cyclamen, very tall, slender flowers with pointed petals Okay. and, and beautifully marked leaves. Mm. Um, and the
2: leaves, I presume, are bigger than the usual little ones.
1: Yeah, well, mm. they're, not, they're not dwarf, that's mm. for sure. Mm. Yeah. Um, and wonderful plants. Of course, growing cyclamen in pots... The first thing is to remember is that they sh- they need to be pot bound. They're like an orchid in that sense. Okay. Really, they don't. The worst thing you can do is over pot them. Right. They don't like to to have a free root run. Right. Um, which is a mistake lots of people make.
0: Which is why again they probably don't mind the 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 root competition under trees.
1: No, they like it. Yes. That's right. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Persicums a great plant. Um, it should be widely grown in Australia. I would have thought. Mm. Yeah.
0: Excellent. Okay.
1: Another one yes. um again Southern Mediterranean Cyclamen graecum, which is one that grows in full sun for me. Wow. It likes to really bake out in the summer and it's it's really grown for the leaf forms which are when well, you can see they're beautiful. Oh, glorious. Beautiful mark yes, it's lovely. Sort of silver with um with green Right lines running through it.
2: But that is the thing about them, isn't it? They all, they really do have very beautiful leaves.
1: Oh, absolutely, and, and a lot of the European growers will select them out specifically for leaf form uh, rather than flowers.
2: But in your garden, they look absolutely beautiful. It's the hydrofolium <laughs> yeah, at the moment. Of course, yeah. you've got such wonderful drifts. Yeah. It's beautiful.
1: Yeah. The uh, yeah the Hedrophiliums do really well. well. It's almost a weed. Hmm. There's one of the properties up the road where I've got about an acre of them oh, oh. <laughs> under deciduous trees. It's wow. just fantastic. Oh,
0: how fantastic. beautiful. Yeah. Yes.
1: Oh, excellent. The, the longer I grow them, the more I become intrigued by them, and it's surprising the the, the, the number of species that we can grow in Australia. And I think in Melbourne, well, certainly I've seen cyclamen comb growing in a garden in Camberwell, mm-hmm. which is considered to be one of the sort of cooler woodland ones. Right. Okay. Uh, so I think that if you're a keen gardener, you'd be able to get them going.
2: So they wouldn't grow any further north, though, really, would they? They'd grow further inland, but not north. They wouldn't. Uh, want, they uh, couldn't wear a wet summer. Oh no. Mm. Well, though
1: I send I send a hundred hydriaphilums every year to a woman in Toowoomba. Hi. Hi. Yeah. She she wants to create a big. They've been doing that for the 100. last five or six years. Every year.
2: Well, how many? Uh, they can't be very successful if she has to keep taking a hundred every it's year. it's a big garden. <laughs> it yeah. would have to be. <laughs> yeah.
1: Right. She's she's trying to create a carpet of them under deciduous trees. Oh, oh wow! Brain. Yeah. Fantastic. Yeah.
0: Okay, we better go to our caller. We've got uh, Robert on Phillip Island. Good morning, Robert. Hello.
4: How are you all? Good, thank you. Uh, have a good Easter. Yes. Yeah, yeah. the weather is a um, little bit of rain, but not enough.
0: No, no I agree with no, that. We no. need more.
4: Need need more, yeah. Everything's looking reasonably green over here, though, at the same time.
0: Oh, that's good.
4: And, uh, look, this year I'm having a, not having a lot of success with my growing some seed, uh, pansy seed. I like a one called uh, Joker Mix from Fothergill. And I have a special pansy I like to grow called the Jolly Joker. But this year, they're not growing particularly well from seed. I don't know whether I'm doing the wrong thing. I don't grow in a hot house or a glass house. Mm. But sometimes they've taken better. I was wondering, would it be the weather conditions? I'm just not getting the little uh, seed to burst.
1: I I would guess variable temperatures. Oh, Which is right. what we've had this summer, haven't we? There's been I mean, no have. sort of consistency in the weather yes. patterns. Yes,
4: yeah, yeah. It's not too late to um, still persist with some pansy seed.
0: No,
1: I would have thought so. Yeah, I'd,
0: I'd have another go, Robert. Yeah.
5: Yes,
4: yeah. yeah, yeah. The one called the Jolly Joke is a beautiful coloured pansy. It's not that well known, but it's a it's a beautiful thing. You, I think Fothergill put it out, but uh, you don't particularly see it in the nurseries. Right. Yeah. So it must be a rarer one. The um, other thing was vegetables. What sort, What would you recommend now to start putting in?
2: Brassicas and alliums. Right. It's important to get in your garlic if you're going to do garlic. Right. Uh, and all the other all the other um, the onions, oniony things.
4: Oniony things can go. Spring onions can go. Yes, in. yes.
2: Yeah. All your onions can go in yeah.
4: now. I got a big heap of uh, golden shallots to to go in. Yes,
2: I'd put them in. Get them in.
4: Get get them in. Yes. Uh, cauliflower, cabbage. All, yes, yes.
2: All your
0: brassicas oh, now.
4: All your all your brassicas. Uh, and I've,
0: if you want to put in another crop of um. Of uh, leafy greens because um, with the with the weather they've been um, they've tended to bolt to seed very quickly. Yeah, yeah. And, and, and if you've got coriander seed, I'd plant that. Yes, in that's s- a good sunny time. place now. Yes. I plant that
2: in in the summer. I plant it just in a little bit of morning sun. But from now yeah. on, it I'll does plant better it in, the in autumn. autumn. Mm. Yes. Carrots. Don't know. Can't grow um, them. My carrots always. Become little club feet. I thought you were
1: going to say the rabbits dig them up. <laughs> <laughs> yes. No, the rats.
4: I, I, I know a chap who, who grows carrots successfully. He has a bed about six foot by about eight foot. He never, he, he just leaves them. He throws a bit of potash. He lets them reseed, and he's always got carrots.
2: I had to vine.
4: He he reckons um, sometimes we can treat them like brain surgery.
2: Yeah.
4: And that they they can develop themselves by letting them go to seed and the seed falling, and he believes they germinate in their own time.
1: Must be good improved soil.
4: I don't know what he does. He le- That's right. Yeah, he just leaves them alone, uh, and he's always got carrots. And I was talking to another lady, and I said to her, "Oh, they don't do well from seedlings. She said, well, as a matter of fact, I got sick of trying to grow them from seed. So I bought some seedlings... I carefully uh, took them out and planted them, and I had great carrots. So, you know... I didn't
0: think they liked being transplanted.
4: Well, maybe not, but Mm. uh, I just wonder sometimes, does tradition uh, always hold? But anyway, she had... Okay. I'm going to do an experiment this year. Okay. I'm going to get some going.
0: Well, I've just looked up my Organic Gardener magazine, and you can definitely pop your carrots in. Um, Yeah. Uh usually, usually a good trick is to, people often sow the seed and then cover it with a board. Right. Um, you know, water, water in yeah. the seed, then cover it with a board and don't remove the board until they've, they've germinated. Once they start sprouting, you remove that board well, and then let the light into them.
4: Well, that's interesting. Yes, yes. I wonder
0: why. Is that to keep them dry once you've watered them in? Keep them dark. They like the the oh, darkness that's... helps them to actually yeah. start germinating. Right, yeah.
4: yeah. But uh, no, we're hope, hopefully starting to get some cooler weather come in. Yes. Uh, I'll be out chasing rabbits. It's been too hot.
5: <laughs> <laughs> I, I
4: called into Graham Brumley. I hope Graham's listening, the great daffodil grower at and Gatha. He says he's going to start listening to the program.
5: Okay.
4: So I, I left him a pair of rabbits and I, I hope they weren't too tough. He, <laughs> he was going to have curried rabbit. And, uh, Rosemary, one of our listeners, has been ill, but she's a bit better now. The lovely Rosemary, she lives in Blackburn. So I said, uh, I'd give her a cheerio over the program if she's listening this morning. She's a great gardener.
0: Okay.
4: Okay then. All right. Okay, catch us all.
0: Okay, Bye-bye. good on you, Robert. Bye. Bye. And, uh, online we have Celeste. Good morning, Celeste. Good morning, Pam and everyone there. I had to ring and say
6: hello. <laughs> you know, I heard my name mentioned. Of course, I'm streaming you live. <laughs> at the garden.
5: Good to hear from you.
6: But I actually do have a couple of questions. Um, I, I, and I think one of them might be the, the same answer as I think I heard you mention earlier on a few weeks ago about your plum. It had lots of flowers, but nothing came of it. And you thought it might have been that early heat of beginning of December. I had
0: the same issue with my quince. Yes. Well, I've, yes, I, I had the, my problem was with my pomegranates. Oh, because, pomegranate yes, was it. Oh, right, that, okay. that, yes. that heat knocked all the flowers off. And so I've, I've got very, I've only got a few um, fruit now on the tree because I lost most of my, my harvest.
6: I'm assuming that's what's happened because it's a three-, four-year-old tree. It had about eight last year that were beautiful. So many flowers that I couldn't count this year, but mm. one fruit has developed and mm. I have netted it because no-one's getting it but me. <laughs> so I'm just assuming Good. even if I'd watered it wouldn't have made much difference, I don't think, would it? No, I like, no. That Yeah. 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 Well, okay.
0: And see, we got that, that really hot spell so early on. That's, yeah. that's what did it. Yeah, I suppose you win some, you lose some. Yeah, now, well...
1: And it was, it was a dry fun. spring too. wasn't It was It was a very dry yeah, spring rain then. So in yeah,
0: we
6: yes. and I went away for about ten days in the beginning of December and wasn't watering at all. Well, so you know, I won't do that again.
2: But it won't be water, will it? Because I, you'd no. have you'd have stunted little fruit if it was water.
6: Yes, yes, but see, yeah, I think
0: it, something's made them it's drop
2: pre- off. It's pre-water. Yeah. Yes, I
0: I think you've lost most of your
1: flowers. Or well, maybe the bees weren't around. They don't. I don't find them them out so much in the searing oh. heat.
6: I kind of have lots of stuff in here that attracts them. Yeah. Yep. So, I, you know, they're always buzzing around. So that shouldn't be a worry. I don't think so. No. Okay. I don't okay. think so. Yep. I've got um, all sorts of other things under underplanted there. So I, th- I think it was the heat. Anyhow, yep. I've got one quince. Okay. And I'll enjoy that. It well. <laughs> now, my other problem is my fig, which is about the same age. Um, it's in a huge pot and it's on a sort of, a, it's on the wall of the house facing east and north. So it's in a nice spot. It's got heaps of fruit on it this year, Mm -hmm. Um, and they're starting to ripen, and they're really good. But the first few had a brownie-grey grub in them that I couldn't Google. I looked and couldn't find what it was and thought, "Uh uh-oh, maybe I'm going to have to... Um, take them all off and burn them or something, or not burn them, but put them in a plastic bag and put them in the bin. But actually the ones that have ripened seem to be okay. But I'm concerned for next year, is it something that does attack figs that I'm just not aware of?
2: Well, all figs have got the flower on the inside. Yes. And all figs are actually pollinated um, by a wasp. Yes. So if it happens to be the grub of the wasp, the worst thing you could do is burn them
6: so maybe yes i knew that they come in at the bottom don't they Mm, that's right yes and you always see the little hole once the um, fruit is developing
2: okay so i have no idea i've I've never i've no idea what the what do you No, and i'm not that familiar with pests
3: and disease of figs i I
2: No, but i know
3: about the wasp that that pollinates it but
6: yes me too And when I saw, I mean, obviously I have it netted now, but I saw things in there and let them go. I was quite happy to let everything go. And then, as I say, there was this big grey-brown grub in two of them. but
2: But it might be a beautiful, beautiful butterfly.
6: Yes, I, I don't kill my caterpillars, yeah. Virginia. <laughs> I promise I don't. We've had a fantastic year for butterflies this year up here. Oh, oh, yeah. 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 oh my I goodness. Yeah. I can't believe what's been in the garden. It's yeah. just... All right, well, I'll not I'll keep eating the figs because they seem to be clean. I mean, I had every intention of ringing today and saying, should I pull them all off? But now mm. that they're ripening and they're not, you know, they have nothing in them.
2: No, just oh, share. Yeah, okay. If
3: your fruit's all right, then just leave the caterpillars and grubs on there yeah. and let them do their thing. I can't see
6: anything now.
2: It's no, got, you no well, they're probably flying yeah, now. Yeah.
6: Okay, they've developed yeah. now. Wonderful. If you guys don't know, then I will keep eating them. and If I don't ring in anymore, you know I've been killed by some <laughs> olive <laughs> or something.
0: Well, what we, what we might also do is put out a call to our good friend Graham Morrison, and if he's listening, um, he might have some idea on that.
6: Yes, I heard Graham. was it last week?
0: Yeah, he was on, yes.
6: Yes, and Penny the week week before. That's right. I know, and, and, uh, you know, it's just not always convenient to ring, so... No, no, fair enough. But thank you. Okay. um, I will get back to cutting back all my bits and bobs that are starting to look pretty daggy in the garden now. Yes, perfect time. It is, it's lovely, it's my favourite time, so keep talking, I'm listening. Okay, good on
0: you, Celeste, nice to hear from you. Thank you very much, bye-bye. And uh, next up, we have Frank in Craigieburn. Good morning, Frank.
7: Morning. Good morning, guests and all in Palm. But uh, uh, my concern is rabbits. (laughs) Like uh, last week, you remember, you said, uh, may all your uh, rabbits be chocolate ones. Yes. (laughs) Uh, That was very good conjuring. Uh, Did a good conjuring trick there. Couldn't beat that one. And, you know, during the fire season, those might still be on, but the uh, I irrigated uh, paddock, a, you know, for a refuge in case of fire. I li- we live on the outskirts of Melbourne outskirts, and uh, I, I did uh, I irrigated the paddock and uh, sowed a bit of grass for a bit of greenery, but the rabbits took over, mm. and added to the ground level. So uh, what I did in desperation, I got a bucket of half a bucket of um, gypsum. Put a packet of, a uh, few packets of curry in and mustard and, uh, pepper, uh, garlic, you name it, all these spices, and mixed it up with the, with the gypsum in the bucket and spread it over a patch about 400 square yards, as uh, made of land. And, uh, I sprinkled it over lightly with all this, with all this garlic stuff in. And that part of the, part, the we haven't touched. There's no evidence of any damage at all, you know.
2: So, part of my new planting regime has to be chili powder.
7: What a good idea. Well, it's pretty cheap if you buy it in the pot Ah, exactly. Past. Go
2: to the Indian. Buy a huge bag of chili Chilis. powder. Yeah.
7: I, I put oh. that in too, and Epsom salt, magnesium. I put a lot in and mixed it up and put it on the square part that I've irrigated. And there's the rest, of, you know, the three quarters of the pot is.
2: I, I will try it on my asters. That would that's be that's a really a
7: good idea. Try it on everything, because Egyptian won't do the soil any harm. No, that's yeah. right. It and,
2: won't be any good for my And my the part that's
7: been treated is a rubbery-rich green, you know. The rabbits won't have a bar of it, won't keep it anywhere near it. There's no evidence at all.
2: Oh, that's uh, a really. I'll try that for sure because I'm having. Because people keep saying to me, poison them, and I look up in the oh, sky no, I, and there's I, I an could, eagle, and I think, no, I'm not going to poison I, I, them. I could
7: yeah. use traps, but I'd be a millionaire if I used traps because uh, it could be a bit more kinder. Like you know, mm. like traps are a bit cruel, aren't they? Traps. Well, but I them. think
2: poison's worse because I you don't I know, I know I what tried
7: to i poison no, And a a not only that, the, wild, the, the yeah. wildlife, the birds might drink it too. Exactly, you
2: know. exactly. You can't do it.
7: But this, the rabbits. That was rather keep well away from it, from all these...
2: Uh, <laughs> well, if I could just drive them down into my paddocks, I'd be very happy, so I will try and
7: chill it. Try it a lot. As much you can get. It's pretty cheap. And, and don't forget the Egyptians, because it'll blow away on a windy day, you know. Right. Yes, and, yes. know, just bring around and see what happens.
0: Okay. Thank all right. you. Thanks, Frig.
7: Thank you. Bye. Ta-ra.
0: Um I was just... um having a quick look in uh, my, uh, my textbook on uh, growing fruit trees in Australia by Paul Baxter, and um, just, just looking at uh, figs with uh, pests, and they mention only two that uh, can possibly affect figs. One is, of course, that they, they can be affected by fruit fly, Oh, yes. um, so that's one possibility. And the other one is the, uh, something called the dried fruit beetle, which can invade figs as they're maturing and, um, and uh, affect the, uh, the inside of the ripening figs. Um, I think maybe if, 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 if we can't get any um, other information about it, perhaps if, if the same thing happens next year, if Celeste can take um, one of those affected figs down to her local nursery and try and get a, a proper identification um, yes. of the pest and then we'll know. But as I say, um, the, only two, the only two pests that are mentioned in this particular book is, is either fruit fly or the, um, the dried fruit beetle. That's, uh, that, normally they say birds are your worst pest for, yeah. <laughs> for figs. Okay, we go next to uh, Vi who's in Maribyrnong. Good morning. Oh, it's Fix. Sorry. Oh, Good morning. Vic.
8: Oh, good morning. Yeah, look, I've got a fig. I want to know what you do about the suckers. Do you tear them off or do you cut them off?
0: Rip them off, yeah, yeah. tear them off.
8: Now, the next part of it is I want to plant that tree in another... Oh, no, I can't move the tree, but can I put the sucker in the ground? And will it grow?
1: Is it grafted or, you know, or is it just a cutting-grown tree? Or?
8: The, the tree is... There's nothing grafted as far as I know. Well, then you could. You def- then you could, def- you could definitely. easily. But yeah. you'd
3: need to dig in and get a bit of root. Yeah, lever it out gently.
1: Well, if well, you did well, it over like, summer, it'd the probably be coming outside. up from
8: the ground, right? Yep.
1: Well,
0: I, I'd use this, you know, try and, and go as close to the trunk as it possibly can, get as much of it as possible, but um, if it's not a grafted tree, there's no reason why you shouldn't be able to, to give that a go. Well, yeah, my suggestion
1: I'll... would be to go and buy a good grafted one.
8: Oh, look, <laughs> get that's a good true. variety. Yeah, look, that tree is a hundred million years old. It's as good as the day it was new. Right. Yeah. Um, and
0: and it's a good fruiting variety.
8: Yeah, yeah. 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 I don't know. Yeah. Don't ask me about what it is.
0: <laughs> Doesn't matter if they taste good.
8: But it um, has that problem of all these um, suckers. Yeah.
0: Yeah. Yeah.
8: yeah. And I, I've been wanting to know: what do you get rid of them, or do you? What do you do, and can you plant them to move that? To have the same tree, not take the old one out, but to no, it. no, no.
0: Yeah, well, you you can definitely try planting um, a couple of those suckers if Things you want. Things are easy from cuttings. Yes, Get yeah, easy. yeah. You can take cuttings for yeah. sure.
1: But yeah. I deal with suckers with my heel.
8: <laughs> oh look,
1: <laughs> if you damage them, it's less likely to uh, to reshoot again.
0: Yeah. That's the thing. I mean, if you damage the roots in any way, if someone's been digging around underneath the, the fig tree, that's where you get all your suckering coming up.
8: Oh, well, I... Well, it's not me.
0: <laughs> no, no, but it, it might have been someone before you.
8: Oh. I, I
2: took out an ash 10 years ago, and I'm still getting ash popping up all over the garden. Yes.
1: Seedlings or...?
2: See, um, are you from that plant, though, yeah. all around it. and yeah, seedlings, horrible. yeah. yeah. All through the garden. I have got 20 ash. And it was at least 10 years ago I took out the parent tree. Oh,
8: okay. Well, so I just stick that where I want it. Yes. I don't have to do anything. I just stick it in there.
0: Give it a good water. Try and help it establish. Give it a bit of protection if need be. If you've got problems with rabbits or anything like that, no, <laughs> like the rest of if you're a rabbit problems. <laughs> all you have to do
8: is invest in a good shotgun. Oh. Ah, yeah. <laughs>
0: that's all. Can't in a
8: built-up area. Look, I'm afraid. I mean, if
1: you're doing them from cuttings, you really do them during the warmer months. Yes. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah.
8: Well, it's still pretty warm now, isn't it? Well, the
0: soil's still got warmth to it, which is why it's an ideal planting time.
8: Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, and the other pest I have is bats. They really attack that tree.
0: Oh, yes.
2: Mm. Yeah. yes. But they're important. Unlike right. rabbits, they are really important. Well, Those actually, bats... now that
8: we're on that subject, I, the, the netting, what I'm finding with the netting, I, I look at what people do, and there's a white netting and a black netting. Yes. Now, look at it, the both of them. They're made very, very fine. For what reason, i got no idea.
2: Stop birds getting in. Oh, get, stop no, smaller no, things I'm getting. About in. the
8: fineness of the thread itself, and um, it's so difficult to deal with. But the but the sheet sizes seem to be a ridiculous size where they're just too narrow. Yeah. No. And you just forever, I don't know. Is there anything that you can recommend? that's other than this rubbish that you get that seems to be. Look, you're trying to do a tree. Mm. But the sizes of the damn stuff is, I don't know, it's like putting a Band-Aid on when you need a bandage.
1: You're getting it from Bunnings, are you?
8: Well, if you get it from Bunnings, that's the type of crap you get.
1: Yeah, I'd try try and track down a um, commercial supplier
8: for orchards. Well, you're in the game, so what's... um, Where are you? Maribyrnong.
2: Maribyrnong. Mm. Well, you'd have to get, I mean, I know there's, in Monbulk there's one.
1: Yeah, Monbulk Rural, they yeah. certainly have wide sheets, but, mm. but I don't know on your side of town.
8: Now, is that but, is that still going to be the very same fine thread that they make it out of, or is it going to be a bit thicker?
1: I suspect it's a bit coarser.
2: I think you can get both.
1: Because, I mean, the, the, the place where I work where they grow blueberries, they have the whole place is netted and it's certainly
2: it, not fine. And my, I got the netting that's over my vegetable garden from there, and that's quite coarse.
8: Yeah, but you know what I'm getting at is it hooked this stuff so fine, it hooks up on everything. Everything, yes. little thing that protrudes. Yes. Yeah. And you just can't unhook it. Yeah. And it hangs on. And, and that, well, well, if it you it feel
2: like an outing one day, go to Monbulk Rural, but you'll have to do it during the week, I think.
8: It
1: mm-hmm. would have to be somewhere on your but side But yes, of town. there'd be somewhere
2: on your side of town. Oh. Maybe... Um, hey, does
8: Stebbins still exist?
2: We need they, Stephen Stebbins here because he's your be, side.
8: Stebbins used to be a, a a rural supplier for all sorts of farming goods and whatever. They used to be in, um, in Flemington. And I wonder if they still exist and went somewhere.
2: You need to um, have a little Google.
8: Yeah... Yeah, because that, that that joint, there wasn't much that they didn't have.
2: I'd mm, yeah.
8: Google. Yeah. All right. Well, thank you very, very much for that. Good luck. I'm okay. I, I, at least I know now that there is something a little bit... Wet.
0: Oh, yes, you, you can definitely. I mean, if if you can go to a rural supplier, I mean, they, they not only supply orchards. You think about all your vineyards that are netted. Yes, that's right. And, and they... They would be able to give you netting for the appropriate size. Yep, the other thing sure. I was going to quickly suggest, um, if you put in some star pickets or something into the ground, well around the, the outside perimeter of your, your fig, and then you put um, put like irrigation uh, flexible uh, rubber hosing between them, loop okay. it over, yep. then, then you can just pull that netting over it because you've created a... A, a soft frame over the tree, yep. and it won't catch on your um, on oh. your twigs on your branches at all.
8: Yeah, and all the leaves and whatever. Yeah, yeah. 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 You know, I'm glad that you mentioned this, uh, three, the star picket because now you're reminding me of another problem I have, <laughs> and that's no, no, that's a grape, right? <clears throat> and this particular grape, it, it, it's growing against the concrete, a brick pillar and in the corner towards the driveway. And I want to, but it grows out of control, and it makes really nice grapes. Mm. But what I want to do is I want to, it's got to be pruned back. It's just everywhere. Yep. Now, can I first, can I do that now, this now, in this weather? And second, how many of those stalks, or whatever you call them, should I keep?
2: If you have a look at the vineyards, like I've got, Two and a half acres of vineyard on my place and they cut back to two buds. They take the whole plant right back. Right back to the right back to a couple of good buds. So you can prune it as
1: virtually as hard as
2: you like. I mean so, if you So
1: they fruit on new wood. Yes,
0: yeah. They fruit on new wood.
2: So, yeah, so take makes, it right back, yeah. Yeah,
1: that's like figs. It's yes. perfect. So you can keep them quite small. Yes.
8: Okay, so I can cut. Because I thought that I might have had to keep one or two.
5: You've, what do you if, call
8: it when they, when they branch out? What do you call them on a fig? On a vine?
2: Well, you you, you mustn't cut back below where there are any of those points
8: where it's going to you grow want fine. You want
0: to be leaving those side shoots, yes. but you can take them right back to two buds.
8: No, but what I'm saying is I want to put some posts in the ground. Yep do what you're talking about, like what they do in a vineyard. Yep. I, I want all. I want something there so it makes fruit next year.
0: Yes.
2: Well, you have to have something. You have to train, cut it back to two buds and then train... Oh, so
8: you're calling whatever it trails off, you call those buds? Yeah. Oh. I see. So okay. you keep
1: an old framework and then the new wood you just keep pruning back.
8: Yes. Okay. And how? how... So do I want one or two of them? Two. Two. I want two. And how high would you make this... um, How many wires would I string across?
2: Well, it depends entirely on what you're trying to achieve.
8: Well, what I'm trying to do is... I mean,
2: not... I don't mean in terms of the fruit. You'll get the fruit.
8: No, I mean...
2: In terms of how it looks, do you want it to be giving you some shade?
8: Where I've got to run my... um, what, what, What would you call it? Trellis or something?
2: Yeah. You would.
8: In, in what direction I need to run it and how... Uh, That's a design question. That yeah, is a question yeah, according yeah, to yeah, what you,
2: how you want it to look.
8: Yeah, you I, can do
2: it any which way.
8: Yeah, yeah, but what I'm trying to do is I'm trying to make sure that when this... So the way it is now, when it makes fruit, they're all on the ground. And so you lose it all. Well, because you've just got to build
2: something that'll solve the problem.
8: Yeah, and uh, uh, it's growing down the air. It, whatever gets light grows well. Whatever doesn't get light doesn't grow so well. Yeah, so, yeah. Well. Mm-hmm. Yeah. so yeah, it yeah, needs a
0: framework, stuff. and you lift all of that up off the ground and cut it back quite heavily yeah. and train it wi- to wire or whatever you want to um, attach it to. Yeah.
8: yeah. All right, then. Okay. Well, thank you very, very much for that. Okay. Bye. All right, then. Right.
0: Next up, we have uh, Jill from the Herb Society. Good morning, Jill.
9: Hi, Pam, Craig, Virginia. Nice to hear of you. And I'm just celebrating my saltbush, which has little tiny red berries on it. Excellent. It's called Einardia nutans. E-I-N-A-D-I-A, Einardia mm-hmm.
5: nutans,
9: N-U-T-A-N-S. And nodding saltbush. And I bought it in September last from Theories, And I've got three others as well, all grey leaves. But this um, nodding self bush has the finest, finest um, grey leaves, tiny leaves. And it's like hair. And um, I've now worked out that what you do is dry it and then grind it up with a mortar and pestle and use that instead of salt.
2: Okay. Yeah. Neat. Now you'll have to get a lamb. Yeah.
9: <laughs> and can I also tell what we're doing on Thursday evening? Certainly. At Burnley Horticultural, room MB10 in the main Creambrick building. And you enter by the, um, air, the part that has that steel um, run for wheelchairs. And um, we're having uh, Spice of Spices by June Valentine, the President and uh, she's very excited about that topic so then i'm taking these four um salt bushes to show people as well as salt is sort of spice and um and then we're having a talk on capers by one of our members
0: okay, okay. capers lovely
9: so mm. we have a five to seven minute talk on capers so it'll be a very spicy and salty evening
0: right mm. yeah
9: and visitors are very welcome Members enter free and there's a lovely Herb Supper and we have our own library for members. Okay. And the last thing to tell is that now that the Herb Age, our uh, uh, periodical, comes out now six times a year in full colour. Wow. And you can get that either as a member online or through the post, depending on, you know, it's a slightly higher to um, have it posted. Mm-hmm. And um then we have um, activities, you know, throughout the year as well. Excellent. Thank you, Pam. Oh, and the Herb Society website is H as the H E R B Society Vic, all lowercase Herb Society Vic Right.
5: We also
9: have a Facebook page now which is the Herb Society of Victoria, mm-hmm. but to do Facebook first. Yep. Yeah.
0: Okay. Thanks, Pam. Thanks, Jill. Bye. Bye. That number, if you'd like to join us this morning, 94190155. You are listening to the 3CR Gardening Show. Um, time at the moment is about uh, 840, 840 uh Yes, we have finished with Daylight Saving for this winter, so uh, 8.40. We're running through until 9.15, so if you'd like to uh, call in and ask a gardening question this morning, do give us a call. In the studio, we have Craig Wilson from Gentiana Nursery, Virginia Haywood, and also Chloe Foster, so we'd love to hear from you, 94190155. Craig, let's go to a couple more of your leaves you've got there. Uh, you've got quite a selection.
1: Just just one more cyclamen before we move on. That's okay. a- Africanum, All right. which comes from Tunisia and Algeria. So it's probably another one that would do pretty well in Australian gardens. Yes. Difficult to distinguish from Hedrofolium, but if you look at the tubers, the roots come from all over the tuba, whereas Hedrofolium they just come from the base. Right. And Africanum, the flowers and the leaves, come straight up from the tuba. Whereas Hedropholium will spread out under the mulch and make a patch. Okay. It's another one that does a really, really tough spot in my garden.
3: That's a beautiful leaf shape. It's a great leaf yeah. and
1: quite big Different to fleshy. most succulents. Yeah.
2: And you mulch over your Oh, yeah.
1: Yeah, I mm. mulch over everything. <laughs> 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 Fanatical. <laughs> <laughs>
0: Excellent. All right. What
1: about something else you've got there? In, Indigophora oh. decora, which oh. is... Such beautiful. a lovely old fashioned yeah. plant yes, that is. you used to see in gardens, and really you hardly see it around no, anymore. No, you don't anymore. Yeah. Yes. It's tough, you know, it's, it's deciduous, but if, it, if you have a really hot, nasty summer like we've just had, it'll just drop its leaves over summer. Okay. And then pop back up again uh, as soon as the weather cools down. Yes. Common name, um, Chinese wisteria bush. Yes. Because yes. the flower resembles wisteria a little. It's a beautiful plant. Do you have you know, it in sun? Part shade
2: so eastern yeah, morning, sun, abstract, morning sun yeah mm-hmm.
1: yeah, that's right it suckers a little bit but never enough to be a nuisance it's a scrambling okay. shrub a suckering shrub yep, yeah, yeah yep. proceduous sh- suckering shrub it's yep. in the
2: Chinese garden in the botanic gardens and it looks absolutely beautiful
1: yeah and it fla- well, flowers for me all summer and still going
2: I ha- I put two seedlings in but they didn't make it through the summer
1: you but probably have to once you got it settled in it'll be re- quite tough I think mm. Yeah.
2: I'll, I think I need to put in something bigger
1: yeah, and yeah, I mean, with, with shrubs like this, it's just a matter of watering for the first mm. three or four summers mm. until they get get their feet down. Mm.
2: It was that early patch that.
1: Yeah, it was a you, shocker. Yeah, yeah. Yeah.
2: They just went, ah! <laughs>
3: <laughs> <laughs> I think a lot uh, of plants did that. Yes. I must say, the colours on that is absolutely beautiful, and those flowers. Yes, yeah, it's, it's a pretty thing.
1: Bright pinks yeah.
3: and some little mauves and.
1: It's one of those it's things you've got to fiddle around a bit to propagate from, so most nurseries wouldn't be bothered with it. Uh, and
3: it there. looks like it's been painted on that lower lip there. Yeah, it's and beautiful.
2: and the Australian
1: version is also very lovely. Yeah, the Australian version is beautiful. Yeah. Fairly short-lived the Australian ones. I yeah, believe. they
2: can look a little bit yucky after a little while. I yeah. th- yes, because it's much. It it gets. Um, it's a bit woody and yeah, sparse. it can get
3: quite woody. Yeah. Do
1: they respond to pruning?
2: Uh yeah, I think they do.
3: Yeah. I think they do. Yeah. That's
1: my experience with native plants. It's just chop, chop, chop. Absolutely. Yeah. Really yeah. hard. Yeah.
3: yeah. You go 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 nuts on it.
1: Yeah. <laughs> I, mean, I have a friend who who has a big collection of Apacris, and she cuts them to the ground yeah. every year. Yeah. They s- they
2: just it's like Irish voting. Go early, go often. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and get yeah, tip pruning every now and then as well. Yeah. Yep. You go
3: hard on it every now and then when it gets.
2: Sue tip prunes all years. the time. Yeah. Oh, mm. yeah,
3: I saw a photo recently. Um, on Angus Stewart did a story, on, for a Garden Drum, and he had a couple of photos of a, of a garden he went to, and whoever garden it was, was so highly pruned. It, but they had perfect little bushes, and they were so green and fluffy, and a lot of the plants that were there, you sort of look and go, oh, that's a bit of a straggly native plant, you know. Yes. But whoever whoever's garden this was. It was absolutely beautiful. So Just perfect little shrubs, little flowers on tops and little isopogans, and they were just domes of green. Yep. It was absolutely beautiful. And that's from tip pruning from mm. a really young age. Mm-hmm.
1: There's a garden I worked at in Sylvan for many years that had a huge native section. And um, there was an old Banksia spinulosa. I think it was honeypots, yep. which just looked awful. And I thought, okay, you've, you've had your... Shot, yes, <laughs> and I just cut it off to the tuber. Yep, fantastic! Yeah, just shot back all over the place. Yeah, okay, turned into a beautiful shrub. Well, there you go. Yeah.
3: yeah, I think that species, I could be wrong, that species probably has a lignotuber yeah, un- under the ground. So it's got all that you know, all of its energy and yeah. starchy storage stuff uh, under the ground. So if you cut it back, it'll just come straight up. If they get burnt by fire, it'll come back up again.
0: Yep, yeah,
5: that's right. Yeah,
0: yeah. excellent. Okay, let's go now to uh, Sonia, who's out in Broadmeadows. Good morning, Sonia.
10: Good morning. Um, will I ask my question yes, now? Yes, please. Go yes. ahead. Uh, well, there's uh, three, really. Uh, one is uh, my, I've had jonquils flowering now for a month. Um, why are they flowering? And my other bulbs, <laughs> I've noticed, are coming up. Should I feed them or it's well out of season?
2: They're not well out of season. They're just well early.
1: Oh. The jonquils are very early. <laughs> They're very early. <laughs> yeah. Yes, it's not. Is it paper white? Well, that's usually the first one out, isn't it? Yes.
2: Is it the smelly one? Early the yellow one. Yellow.
1: Yeah. Yeah. Oh, okay.
2: yellow. I'm looking at it right now.
10: Okay. Yeah.
1: Goodness me. That is early. Yes. It's a
10: good problem to have, Sonya. Is it? Should I feed it? Is it like? Will it exhaust itself by the time winter's finish? come? Or
2: it, uh, it won't come again. Oh, I see. Yeah. They're so just enjoy resilient. it.
1: They're pretty resilient. Yeah, I just yes. sit back and enjoy them.
2: Yes, but okay. it's no harm in giving it a bit of food. Yeah. All right then.
10: Okay, thank you. Um, the other one, I've got a, a lily. Uh, it's one, uh, they produce black sort of orchidy flowers, and they're like a weed, and I've let them grow, um, and now I want to get rid of them. Should I paint poison on their leaves, or how? Because. Pulling them out, the bulbs are too numerous.
1: Black, uh, black orchid flower. So.
2: Is it is it a sh- a small plant? Yes, I cannot think of the name of it, but I know it. Ferraria?
1: or? Oh. It, it's
10: a, a a pest.
2: Yes, it's it's quite a pretty press, and it's sort of a hooded flower. Yes. Yes, yes I know it.
1: Oh, it's a, a sarum. Yes, that's the one. Yeah.
10: Well, it's all over the place, and I don't want it. So should I? I was thinking of I've let it grow, and I thought I'd paint it with. Um, you know, a really drastic poison with a, a brush on the leaves because um, I have other plants around. Or do you have another suggestion?
2: Well, I think rather than painting on the leaves, you'd need to paint it on, cut cut it and then paint it on the open wound. Or the stems ah.
1: with a paintbrush so you don't get to With it paint brush, like a
10: paintbrush. like i got a weak, a weak watered-down... I know,
1: I it's it's not it's not easy to get rid of. I'd be inclined to accept that it's there. And yes,
2: I would too. Yeah, it doesn't
0: it's not going to do any any harm. Yeah. I mean, it's it just sits there as a as a low ground cover.
1: Splendons, I think it's no, a of yes, splendens, isn't it? You're right. Yeah. Yes,
10: it's yeah. growing amongst all. I planted a whole lot of smaller, mainly Australian bushes and shrubs, and it's growing in between. I think it's, it's sort of overtaking them.
2: If you you would want to be terribly careful of your Australian yeah, plants if, you're if going you go in with poison. They will just—they yeah. will poison easily.
1: Yeah. yeah.
10: Okay. Well, so I just dig them out.
1: In terms of competition, no, you know, the native native plants have cope with it easily? Yeah. Very yeah. easily. Yeah. I mean, and if you it,
0: won't dig it out. It's—I treat it like a living mulch. It's keeping the moisture in your soil, yeah. and and I, I would just live with it. And they die down anyway.
1: That's right. Yeah. All right. Yeah.
0: So they're only there for for part of the year. Yeah. All right. So okay. I'd live with them. All right, well, there you go. That's
10: one battle resolved. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> and it an would,
1: easy one. It would way. be a battle too. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. And,
10: and the other one is I have a vegetable garden, but I don't have a lot of time. Yes. So I'm just keeping silverbeet kale, parsley. Yes. And I want to plant celery. I think I can do that. Um, And the rest of it I've just covered with um, uh, paper and straw, you know, very thick yes, straw. Yes, right. But I was thinking maybe... um. I could put in potatoes, and if I do, when would I do
0: that? September, after the fear of frosts are over. Ah,
10: I see. Frosts cut
0: them right back when they're emerging. But where are you?
10: In Broadmeadow.
0: Oh, you'd be able to, I'd plant them now. No, I wouldn't. I'd still leave it till, till springtime.
10: All right. Well, well. Obviously, there's confusion there. So that's <laughs> all right. No,
2: Pam grows much better vegetables than me. Listen to her. Yeah, not no, more. no.
0: That's no, no, no. It's just fine. that for me,
2: potatoes are a weed. I throw them in the compost and they well, grow. Well, that,
0: that was the other thing I was going to add. If you're if you're having, if you're not planting them into um, a contained area, yeah. you're going to have potatoes forever.
10: Yes. Well, I did
0: uh, <laughs>
10: for a while, and I got rid of them. Right. Um, but I've got this uh, area. Well, is there? I have this. You know, a fair-sized vegetable garden, uh, just sitting fallow because of my lack of time.
2: Why don't you put in some broccoli or something like that? Once you get it in, you can just, I mean, once the rains come, you can just ignore it.
10: Right. Well, see, I've got a lot of greens. Uh, Right. But I will will put some broccoli in. there's, There's nothing else that sort of looks after itself, no. No, i just leave it go till spring. Well, see,
2: well, I, I only grow vegetables now. I don't grow them in summer. Right. Because I, I do grow eggplants because they look after themselves and I grow pumpkin because it looks after itself. Yeah. But I don't grow anything else in summer because I'm not always there and most of those summer vegetables need watering Water. twice a day. Yes. But now... Because I haven't got time, yes, of I do start planting because I find most of the winter vegetables. Yes. Like if you put in garlic, you just ignore it.
10: I'm going to put garlic. I've got some lovely bulbs i uh, got from up to Yeah. And they, he said at the end of April. And, yes. And, uh, no, I'd
2: put them in immediately. I wouldn't wait till the end of April, but that's okay. beside the point. Mm. Well,
0: the and, other and thing I was thinking of was um, putting in a crop of broad beans. Now, can I do it? Yes, yes. exactly oh, well, I love perfect broad-based. timing, and that's going to fix some nitrogen into your soil as well, I, if well, you've well, left it fallow for a while, so well, that's,
10: that's really good, so all I need to do is just put something for them to cling to, don't I like a bit of string and a yes yep, well, that's easy, okay yeah, now of course, of course we don't have to water them, yes yes know, it's no, hopefully yeah, well, yeah,
5: hopefully. well.
10: <laughs> who knows
2: nowadays, yeah. but yeah. hopefully yeah. you don't need to water because um, that's why I grow vegetables. For yes. six months of the year, and it's this six months because I I just cannot look after vegetables twice a day. I can't do it.
10: No, 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 no. You're right. So broad beans and uh, uh, broccoli that you can pick as, as it grows is yep. as, as a broccoli. Yes, sprouting,
0: sprouting broccoli. It's called sprouting broccoli. Yes. Mm.
2: yes.
10: Mm. And celery. Can I put celery in?
2: Yes, but plant it deep. Deep. Mm.
10: Yes. Um, rhubarb. I, oh, I've got a massive. I uh, rhubarb. Right. I have massive. I've got a, 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 a from Dow's for the, the family, a, a heirloom one. It just grows on its own. You can I know, almost it's hear it. Wonderful!
2: I love rhubarb.
10: And um, the, the only thing with rhubarb is uh, it's very big leaves and it's very thick. So I presume I've let it grow too long,
0: have I? No, 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 no. no. Right. It's a perennial plant. It will yes. die back in winter,
2: and you just put the leaves on the compost. Yeah, well, I did. Mm. That's fine.
0: Yeah, so, just give it a good feed though when it. Dies back, oh, good and then see. again in springtime because and they're, they're very heavy feeders.
2: And okay. if you're not interested in looking after, and you've got a big bed, why don't you put in some asparagus? Asparagus! Oh, what a lovely idea!
1: That takes
2: How years do you to get?
1: get, you get yeah, but that's,
2: that's it, going to take you a few years. It'll to take get a it. while, but it, it it'll be fantastic because you don't have to do anything to it except throw some horse poo on it.
10: Well, uh, and, you, and you... Or have... anybody's poo. <laughs> not mine. No, not horse, yours. No, horse poo. Y- yes, okay, that's fine. Um, and then and where do you get these little... Um, what are they? are they? Are They
2: They come as a crown like rhubarb yes. does. Ah, I see. And they grow from that. Yeah, and check the family in Dalesford. They might have some.
1: It's a fern, isn't it?
2: Yeah. Ah. Yes, it's a fern. Yes, it's a fern. It's lovely. I've got it, and I, it's just been there. I ignore it every year, and then up they come. I eat them. Down they go. Yes.
0: Oh, so you food. don't you, <laughs> you don't pick the spears in the first year. You let them build up some growth. Yes. Um, and and they, they're and then, hungry.
2: They like a bag of manure. Yes, Right. definitely. But that's yes. easy. You just find one of those um, yeah, but, but petal stations.
10: If I get manure, for instance, when I go to Gareford and they've got bags, hmm. you, don't you have to let it rot in water or not put it on fresh?
0: Yeah. well, you wouldn't want to put it on fresh or it'll burn the roots. Yeah. But,
2: but anything that you... If, you know you get those... Petrol stations, and you get three bags for $15. Yeah. That's all you'd you, You'd only need one of those bags. Oh, I see. Okay. Yeah, it's not hard. A really, I think asparagus is easy. Yeah,
10: no. And I'm that, very into that, easy vegetables. That, and it and keeps on going. Yep. Yeah.
2: Yes, it's a perennial.
10: You really have answered me questions <laughs> I never knew what I had.
5: <laughs> Thank Excellent. you very much. Okay. And that's
10: the last thing. You were going to say something about flying foxes when that gentleman was speaking, and you were going to say you, you don't want something about them. You what
2: know. I was going to say is that in the Australian environment, the flying fox is incredibly important. Around me, you've got these pig-headed, stupid farmers that shoot them. Yeah. The flying fox will fertilize a, a tree further than any other thing. You their will seed
1: disperses.
2: Yes, they, and, the, and they will fly 100 and 150 miles in a night so that they are the, so important at spreading genetic diversity. No bird or uh, no other thing will spread, spread from one tree to another so far. So you'll get plants in, in Melbourne that will will be, will be fertilised by a flying fox right up on the Murray. And that is one of the reasons it's so important. And we, like the, the possums, we have a very, very bad attitude to them, and I think it's wrong. And, and it's because people just, you know, they don't understand. They don't bother to understand the importance of oh, the oh, animal. That's very interesting.
10: But they don't fertilise, they just distribute. The yeah, well, they
2: distribute. That's what I mean. Yeah, they, fer- yeah. they, they are responsible for the fertilisation of things that are very, very long way apart. Yeah. No, no, that's that, very important.
10: No, no anyway, thank you very much. Okay. I'm going to put all of your advice into uh, effect now. Okay, that's good on you. Bye. Thank you. Bye.
0: Okay, let's see. We've got uh, Dave, who's out in Eton. Good morning, Dave, and thanks for waiting. Good morning. Go um,
11: ahead. I'll, I've got a couple of questions with regard to Estarum. Yes. And I think the previous call I mentioned mm. Estarum. And they were having... They want to know, kill... of getting rid, rid of it. Anyway, I, I bought a couple of pots of it um, a couple of weeks ago. Okay. And, you know, the, the little bit of information I can find on the, on the internet is that they like uh, moisture or, you know, even moisture. They don't like dry, drying out. Um, and they don't seem to be very fussy about their soil type, you know, the pH or whether it's clay or sandy soils. Um so they sound like they're, they're a very hardy thing. And I've got, you know, a, 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 in areas, a fairly dry garden. Um, so it sounds like the moisture requirement isn't all that critical.
2: I've seen them growing at Point Lonsdale, yeah. and which has had drought. That whole Geelong, Bellarine area is just very dry. And I've seen it growing in, in the shade, in really sandy soil. For year after year after year, so and I think the reason that people find them weedy is because they are tough. Yeah, yeah. they're very tough.
1: Well, they're, they're up and about over the cooler months, aren't they? Yes, that's right. Oh.
11: Yes, yeah, yeah. Well, you know, what attracted me was the, um, well, the, the the leaves. You know, they're so attractive and patterned. They yeah. are, yeah. and and the
0: little flowers are really fascinating as well. Yes, I like
11: yeah, them. Well, I've heard that they, um, oh, I've read that they. Uh, Pollinated by flies rather than bees.
1: Right, so they have some sort of odor, do they? I haven't yeah, noticed that. Yeah, I've I, never like, noticed um, that really either. I've stuck my nose into them. But no, <laughs> <laughs> can't <laughs>
5: yeah. get that low. Yeah,
11: okay. I, I, I guess you know the, the the insects and and birds and you know flying foxes even will pick up things that we don't. Yeah. yeah. Um, and and of course um, the other thing is that uh, you know it'll if you grow bro- them too near the house. Yeah, you know, you'll get flies in the house more. I, no. I guess. no, I but don't believe do that. Yeah.
1: No, no, no. 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 Oh, it's not ranunculus. No, <laughs> okay. yeah, okay. no, right.
0: there's not a problem. Look, they're 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 such an easy, reliable plant. As I say, yep. they will die off, and mm. they'll come up again each year. And they're just, I I, I love them. I think they're great.
11: Mm. Yeah, yeah. And a previous caller was mentioning um, looking for a supplier of net for yep. a big tree. Look, um. There must be something around this side of town because you know Macedon area, Macedon Ranges. It's full of vineyards. These,
5: that's right. These
11: days, yeah. so yep. I've noticed um, in my travels that there's lots of vineyards that leave, you know, uh, that have nets all over their vines. Yeah. They're permanently uh, netted. So yes. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. 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 So there's got to be a supplier, you know, on this side of town for yep. sure. Yep. Um. Anyway, um, that's okay. Just about
1: it. Okay. okay. Great. Yep.
0: Thanks,
11: Dave.
1: Bye. Thank you, David.
0: And uh, next up we have Mick out in Croydon. Good morning, Mick.
1: Uh, G'day.
12: It's Rishi Garden Garden. It's um, nice to speak to you. Look, I'm ringing up... I took some uh, rose cuttings off a neighbour's rose in um, early February. I took about a dozen and I've got three left. And the three that are left, they're they're slowly... They're striking... I'm just wondering when will it be safe to put them into another mixture and what kind of mixtures, uh, potting mixture, should I put them into?
1: When you say they're striking, are they callousing or they've actually made roots?
12: Uh, well, they're, I suppose, callousing
1: Okay, well, you need to wait until they've made roots. Yeah. And, and that'll,
2: that'll be after next spring.
1: Probably be in the spring now, yeah. Okie dokie. With, with regard to potting mix, just a good quality one. Okay. So potting I've, mix is a bad thing to try and save money on. It's, yeah. It's better to buy a good quality one.
12: I started them off, um, well, I struck them in peat and sand. and I, Yeah. Look, it's yeah. the first time I've done it, actually. And I took these cuttings and not really on top of the job, so I, uh, I stuck them under the house after I'd first struck them, and uh, I lost a few that way. Mm. And
5: too
12: dark? Yeah, yeah, of course. Uh, in respect to that, should I... When I first took them, I, I wanted to keep them warm, and so I had a plastic bag over the top of them, and they seemed okay, but it got too dark. And should I keep them under the house and then take them out into the, uh, into I, the subdued light? I or? just have
1: them in a shaded spot somewhere. Yeah. Dappled shade. Yeah. And I, I think February's too late. Okay. I mean, I'm in Alinda, so pretty close to you. I do all my propagating in December. Okay. Yeah. Look, yeah, I
2: those three might still come through, though. I oh, would absolutely. just put them somewhere comfortable under a tree or something and just
1: leave them. If they're callousing, they'll be fine.
12: Yeah, look, I was re- really happy to see because I-, I had no intention of doing this, but the neighbours are moving, and I thought I, uh, I thought I should get a few um, cuttings up. It's a beautiful. Um... Beautiful plants. So you reckon they'll survive till if they're just looked after, watered and yeah. um
7: not or anything.
1: You'd want to watch them getting too wet over winter. Yeah, yes. yes.
2: Don't yeah. water them too much. Yes, give them a bit of sea salt. won't hurt them. Okay, okay. But just
5: uh, yeah, I
1: almost neglect set roots. and forget. Yeah. Yeah. I wouldn't right. be feeding
12: them till they have made roots. Yes. Okay then. Yeah. Okay. Look, that's very helpful, thanks. Um, okay. Good luck. And Thank you very much, and I'll hear you again.
3: Okay, good on bye. you. Bye, okay, Bye bye. Craig, with the rose cuttings, if they've got the callus on them, are they something that you could wound the callus, dip it in the hormone again, and put them back in? Not or? sure. Not sure. couldn't answer that. Yeah. One. Some plants you can do that, yeah. but I'm you know haven't done it with roses before. Yeah, so.
1: no, I've never really propagated roses. Mm. But, I, but with most of my <laughs> cuttings, I find once once they're callused, they're home and away really. Yes. Yeah. 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 yeah.
0: Okay, uh, Sue from Ringwood has rung in. Firstly, she wants to know, can she dig up and move the very large snowdrops now?
1: Um, when you say snowdrops... Yeah, which ones? Y- are yeah, they they that's Galanthus right. Galanthus or Leucogym? If, if they're Leuc- large. Leucogium are the big common snowdrops. And certainly you'd be able to move them now. Yep. Galanthus are better to move when they're starting to uh, leaf out. So it depends depend on the variety. mm yeah. Well, the,
0: the, the only description we have is that they're very large. So, so they probably look they're hard. probably, than, yes. So
1: no problem at all. Yeah, yes. okay.
0: And uh, she also wants to, she's got Eremophila silver bells. Uh, she lightly pruned it recently. Asks, could she or should she have pruned harder? I think you'd probably leave that to a,
3: a soft, just a small tip prune. Just let, leave it go for a little while and, and see what it does.
0: See how it goes. Nine, twelve months or something. Yeah, and then you yeah. can always have another go next year. Yeah. So
3: yeah. Little, little bits regularly. Yeah, Aromophilus are more of a, a tip prune sort of plant. Okay. Yeah. yeah. And if you don't, they do get terribly leggy. Yes. Yeah. yeah. So again, from a young age, it's something that that you tip prune yeah. quite regularly. Mm. Yeah.
0: Okay. Excellent. Um, let me just see. Um, we are running through until 9.15. If people do want to jump on board quickly and ask a question, we just have time to fit you in nine four one nine zero one double five. Virginia, while we've got a, a few minutes, um, tell us about at least one of the plants you brought in this morning.
2: Well I've got this lovely Plectranthus here and I've become very, very fond of Plectranthus because dry shade is such a difficult place to have a plant, and this one is just about to come into flower and it is going to be pink and the leaves have got a really purple underside with a green above. It's very, very pretty. It's called Cape Angels, and it was bred in Kirstenbosch, which is just the most divine um, botanic gardens in Cape Town. And it was quite difficult to breed, I believe, because they, it was bred between a winter flowering and a summer flowering. Okay. But it's all over the world now. It's a, and it's a really beautiful plant. Um, and it will take a bit of sun. I would not think of placing it in the western sun, but it will take eastern sun.
1: Depends entirely where you are. Yes. I mean, I've had, I've had the minor lavender, which is, which is the first cousin. That's right. In, in westerly sun. Have you? Yeah. Mm. And the leaves are small. They're not sort of big and lush like you'd expect them to be in the shade, but it's certainly good. Mm. Yeah.
2: Yes and and it and once you've got it established it is a dry shade plant which yep. is is so valuable i think dry shade is a truly wonderful thing to um to be sco- able to it's feel. so
3: good when you find a plant that grows in dry shade mm. because it's yeah. often like the corner of the backyard that's under a tree mm. and yeah. y- you know it's a dead spot sometimes euclivias will often do yes, well there yeah. i
2: find th- uh, but then a lot of people don't like orange and I does love that orange. respond to a good prune that well yes oh, yeah. Like yeah. This? yep essential yes yeah. Yep, and not in only spring, right spring, down to the ground. Well, no. cut it back to half a meter. Half a meter, half, okay. In yep, and yeah. the other thing is, take some of it and stick it in water because it will root. Yeah, its yeah. are wonderful; they yeah. will root in water, so it makes them a very easy plant to propagate. So you buy one, mm. and you've promptly got fifteen, <laughs> 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 which in a garden my size is fabulous. <laughs>
0: yes. <laughs> Um, Craig, I meant to ask you, are you running any um, any workshops, bonsai workshops this year? Uh,
1: with the Yarra Valley Club? Yes. Yeah, that's happening again soon. Oh, is uh, it? Next month, yeah.
0: Okay. Yeah. Do you know any details if any listeners are interested? And, uh,
1: and Just Google Yarra Valley Bonsai. Okay. And it'll all be on their website. Okay. You know, I haven't got them in my head at the moment. No, no, yeah.
0: fair enough. And do the workshops cater for all all abilities? With yeah, bonsai? fully flexible. <laughs> <laughs> I'm glad of that. Yeah.
1: No, would you usually? I mean, usually the format that we run is that people bring their trees in. Okay. And then I help them with them. Oh, all right. Yeah. But so people need
0: to have a go at home first. It's better. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. And yeah, that's uh, starting again
1: soon. All right. And, yeah.
0: and and how long would a workshop run
1: for? It's uh, two hours a night okay. over a period of five weeks.
0: Gosh, they will learn a lot in that period that's of time. That's right. yeah. That's fantastic. Yeah. Yeah. Is there much interest in bonsai at the moment? Yeah, big. Really?
1: Yeah. Yeah, absolutely.
3: I get questions all the time about bonsai. I don't yeah. know much about it, but yeah. people love it. Yeah. Yep. It's very
1: popular, okay. particularly amongst younger people.
0: Oh, that's interesting. Yeah. Do you think that's partly because because they're living in smaller apartments and?
1: Yeah, I, I, I suspect that some of it. I also think that they think it's cool. Mm.
2: Right. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and it's it it's um quite it, it's not difficult, but you have to you have to actually do it. You know, it's well, not. Well,
1: it's 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 it takes a great deal of time if you want to do it properly. properly. to Oh yeah, and, yeah. Yeah. Mm. yeah. It's not something that's. You can so, just dive into. It's no, not. not so like it's growing zucchinis, that's no. for sure.
2: <laughs> <laughs> so it's something that if you actually want to dedicate some you, some time to, it's a it's perfect. It's, it it does it's have a it's a skill. lifelong hobby. Yes, yes. Yeah,
1: absolutely. absolutely. And yeah. um, look this this if I mean, if you just want to have a couple of Ordinary trees in bonsai pots and keep them alive, that's fine. Or if you want to get really serious about it, then you can design beautiful trees. Mm.
0: You can go into all that Japanese design. There's, there's so much to learn about it, isn't there? Absolutely. Yes. It's Japanese,
1: so yes, therefore so so complex. Yes, <laughs> very complex. <laughs>
2: <Yeah>. <laughs> I, saw, I saw a camellia that had been cloud pruned in the botanic gardens in Geelong. Oh. And it was oh. absolutely beautiful. Beautiful, that would have been small flower camellia. It wasn't that small, mm. okay. and it was it was it was old. Yes, and it was and it only fairly recently been done. One of the gardeners had been on a an exchange to Japan, and he'd yeah. come back with all these skills.
1: Because what what the Japanese do is they get um, japonica camellia trunks, and then they graft higo onto them. Okay, that's how they grow bonsai camellia. Right, yeah, because wow. the higos are very thick, slow to thicken the trunk, so they use japonica. Okay. Yeah. Great. So high go is, is definitely the that's, preferred variety. I don't know much about them. I've never grown them. Right. Yep.
2: Yeah. I think it's the red one. 100. No, a lot of different colours oh, right. yeah, oh,
1: yes. and multi-coloured. Okay. Like, yeah, yeah. Right. It's Japanese, so once they start hybridising something, yep. you <laughs> see extraordinary results.
0: Fantastic. Yeah. Let's go very quickly to Elizabeth out in Preston. Good morning, Elizabeth. Oh, good morning, everyone.
13: Thank you for taking my call. Um, I'd just like to know if you could tell me whether I'm um, nurturing a uh, ornamental or a feral um, uh, Four-leaf clover. I'm trying to think. Clo- uh, clover. It's it's got hu- really huge um, leaves, and it's got the a purple flower that you'd see in the small clover. But it's just so big that I I think it could be an ornamental one.
2: What color are the leaves?
13: Um. Oh, they're just a pale um green green, and the the flower is a, a purpley color. Um. It's just that it's, the 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 leaves are slightly different shape to the usual four-leaf clover. I can't explain it. Is the flower Um, like
1: a clover? Sorry? Is the flower like a clover flower?
2: Yes. So it's... When some... When's Greg coming in? Um,
0: yes, Greg is our Oxalis expert. Oh, right.
1: Doesn't sound okay. like Oxalis to me. Mm.
0: No, okay. But, but he would he would uh, be someone who would be very useful. Right. Um, he's actually coming in on the 24th of this month. Oh, okay. Um, so if, you, if you'd like to ring back, I'm sure he would have... Um, Quite a bit to say about. It. He might be able to help you a bit more with the description. But and I
13: might have a I'll get a photo, perhaps.
0: Well, look, if you could do yes. that, yes, absolutely. Okay, then. Um, so send in a photo or email it to us, or yes, that would be great, and we can run that by him. Okay. Um, because it's a bit hard to tell with any of these just with a description. So the descriptions look at it. are very difficult. Mm. Yes, yeah. exactly. And I'd yeah. hate to say to you that it's it's an ornamental, and then we find your whole garden it <laughs> <laughs> over by in a it, pot, thug.
13: So it's not too bad. That it's contained, but it's contained. because <laughs> okay, I've well, got some
2: it. absolutely beautiful oxalis just coming into flower now. Right. All is of the, which I got from Greg. Is
13: there a purple one?
2: Yes. Oh. Is there? Mm. It's pale, pale, pale purple, pinky
1: purple, yeah, magentary sort of colours. Mm. Yeah. On. Yeah. Okay. i
13: think. Thank you for that. Whereabouts do you live?
2: Preston. Preston. Mm. Yes, because I think yes, I think Greg would be the person to put it to, okay. and especially if you could get an um, email, you get and or photo. A photo, to photo. Yeah. It.
0: Well that would be great. Thank you very much. Okay, good on you. Thank you. Bye. Oh, we've nearly run out of time. Virginia, you've just got time to talk about another plant. Well, another one which I bought yesterday at, um, at Tesla. Tesla's.
2: And it's a lobelia, and it's called Devil's Tobacco. Okay. Which I thought was rather good. Uh, lobelia. Chupa. Yeah, it's
1: that's, that's what it's called. <laughs>
2: it's Lobelia chupa. <laughs> Lobelia chupa, otherwise known as devil's tobacco. It's from Chile, and it's an hallucinogen, and it was also used, apparently, historically to cause abortions. So if you grow it, I suggest you don't eat it. And it's quite big. It's, yes, it grows to about four metres, yeah. and it's got a really lovely red flower, and nearly all the lobelias, aside from the little ones that you put in hanging baskets... Nearly all the ones I've grown need water. Yeah. But this one, supposedly, will grow in dry shade. So it's... um it mm, you've yeah. got it fast. <laughs>
1: <laughs> oh, I've had it under the trees on the nature strip. Have you? And what look, it's survived your... for years, but it never did anything. Ah.
2: Yeah. Well, under your trees is very shady, isn't it? It is. Yes. Yeah. I was it's going... dry shade. Yes, yeah, so I was yeah. going to put in a bit more sun than that. Yeah. Um. Well, well, let's let's hope. I, it's it's very attractive. I like the leaf. It's another South American. I seem today I've brought in one, two, three, four, five plants, and six plants, and they're all South American. All southern Hemisphere, mm, mm. so yes. Yeah, so except for the Plectranthus, of course, which is South African, but I'm hoping that that'll be very exciting. I'd, I like the name Devil's Tobacco. Appeals mm-hmm. to me.
0: <laughs> <laughs> I think that's,
2: that's got to be something in itself, I think, devil's tobacco. Excellent.
0: Okay, well, just a quick reminder to listeners, Tesla's is on again today. If you'd uh, want to uh, try and make your way up to the Nongs, and also, of course, Craig's nursery, Gentiana Nursery, is right nearby. Yep. Um, the address again, Craig?
1: 138. One Alinda Mombok Road and Alinda.
0: Okay, so that'll be open once you get back there from here?
1: Very shortly.
0: (laughs) (laughs) Okay, excellent. Um, We, of course, will be back again at 7.30 next week, um, so save up those gardening questions for us. We'd love to hear from you next week at 7.30, but until then, bye for now.
3: You've been listening to a 3CR podcast produced in the studios of independent community radio station 3CR in Melbourne, Australia.